10,000 were singing it. It was new, and but by the end of the conference, boy, we had, everybody had gotten it, and it was just, I mean, we felt like the roof was going to come off of the place we were, where the conference was, and Bethel done an awesome, awesome job, but man, there's no broken body you can't raise. There's no mountain you can't move. There's no disease that you can't heal. You know, light it up, God. Light it up. Light it up. Creative miracles. Whatever you need to do, God. Whatever you need to do, God, do it. Yeah, light it up. I love that. You say, Brother Rodney, when's revival going to come? Well, I can't answer that. But I can ask you the question, when's revival going to come in you? See, revival, and it may, I'm not going to say either way, but it may not come to the nations, but it can come to you. I can be revived. I can live in a state of revival. I don't have to join in with the world and say, man, I'm just, I'm just sitting and waiting on God to send revival. No, I can experience it now. Amen. And you can too. You can have revival just you and God. He'll be okay with that. I promise you. And you'll be okay with it <laughs> once it takes over. You'll be good with it, real good. Living in that state, our theme for the year is as unto the Lord. And as I was praying this week and, and I'm just continuing on what I've been, what I've been, been preaching and just my mindset, um, you know, we talked about last week, um, staying focused. I got it all right here. Staying focused. And, um, and who remembers the first Sunday? What were the two words? I knew I shouldn't ask that question. I knew I was going to be hurt. Who? Zest and gusto. And whatever you do, Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it with zest and gusto as to the Lord and not to men. You want to experience revival? Get some zest and a little gusto to the Lord. <laughs> and you'll start seeing little flames of revival starting to pop up. And things will begin to change in your life. When you focus on what He is doing and not focus on what He's not doing. Okay? I'm just telling you. It, it's so good when you focus on what He is doing. Because there's a lot going on that you can, can say whatever. But I'm going to tell you. When you get focused in on what God is doing, it will change the way you see things. When I look at my wife and I see what God is doing, and I see that, that, that just the good things that are going on in, in our home, and with her healing, and with what God's doing with her strength, and all of that, her appetite, everything. You know, I, if I just focus on that, it just changes everything. Amen? Amen. So yeah, there's some bad stuff I could focus on if I wanted to. But I choose to, to recognize what God is doing, and I walk that out. Yeah. So, so the theme is as unto the Lord. Everything we do is as unto the Lord. When I work on the coffee shop, it's as unto the Lord. I made the statement to you, you know, that, that, that uh, uh, 
I've said it. Others are saying not saying it in a, con- a condemning way. But it's like, um, well, we'll just do this halfway because I can't see it from my house. <laughs> but he sees it from his house. Amen. And so everything I do, whenever I work, whenever I, whatever I do, I want to do it the best I can because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. And so today I want to talk to you about living your life as unto the Lord. Living your life, not as unto the world, but living your life as unto the Lord. Well, everybody's doing it. That's okay. What everybody else is doing, I'm not going to do if it's not unto the Lord. Just because the world's doing it doesn't mean i got to do it. Okay? <clears throat> Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, one of the first verses I ever memorized as, as, a, as a Christian. But it's, this used to be my verse. I, I used to quote it all the time. Um, but, but I just love this verse. I beseech you, I beg you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not, Lila mentioned it this morning. Where Lila go? She sat with Roy, where she's supposed to be. Lila mentioned it this morning. This verse, she was talking about this verse this morning. And do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Living your life as unto the Lord. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When I first took over two years ago, three years ago, whatever it's been, 33 years ago, fixing to be 34 years. But when I took over, one of the first things I done on Wednesday nights, and let me say this, because of, of, of all the mess going on, we're, gonna, we're not going to have first Wednesday, next Wednesday. We're not going to have it. Okay, We're going to take another month just to, just to, try, to try to help with the numbers and try to help with our people. Okay, So please, please hear my heart on that and understand. But we won't do first Wednesday this month, but for February. But when I first started on Wednesday night, I started teaching on let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And, and renewing your mind, renewing the way you think, challenging the way you think, challenging what you've been taught all your life. Okay? Several years ago, when, when the Lord began to work here and the Lord began to pour out His Spirit here, I had, to, I had to do that. I had to challenge some thoughts that I had been taught all my life. Because when you, when, when you tell me that, you know, that, that the Holy Spirit's going to show up, and, and no, that's the word, southern word for no. Not around me. I got what I needed when I got saved, and that was enough. Don't all y'all sit here like y'all some super spirituals because y'all, y'all was all here with us when he showed up. <laughs> and we were all going, whoo, 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 what is, what is that? And then we realized, hmm, that sure tasted good. Don't want to live without that. I'm being a little facetious. But let me tell you something. See, I could have stayed with that mindset and miss out on what God's got for me. I could have lived in that mindset instead of believing for creative miracles. I could have had my good little old whatever foundation and, 
And I could have put my wife on a prayer list, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just please hear, read between the lines what I'm trying to say. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's almost like I just had religion. I wasn't, I wasn't in that relationship. I didn't really believe he was really who he said he was. He was God up there. And if I'm good enough, maybe one day I'll get to go where he's at. But until then, I'll just get by and get by and get by. No. But that's what I grew up in. That's what I was taught. Maybe that's what I heard. Okay? But I began to realize because I started thinking different. I let my mind be renewed. That there's more to him. That I don't have to be scared of the Holy Spirit. Because I was scared of it. Because what I, the first time I experienced it, when I was a kid, it brought a lot of pain and heartache. Not from him, not from the Holy Spirit, but from people. Because it was handled all wrong. And it can be handled wrong. Okay? And it hurt me. And I was scared of it. And I didn't want it. That's why I always tell, I always say this, and I'm very thankful for Pastor Wayne, the way he handled our church in the transition. Because Pastor Wayne done a magnificent job in how he allowed things to, to transparent here. And I'm thankful for that because it helped me and it has grown me to where I am today. But I had to renew my mind. And listen, the word says, don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to change the way you think. I believe now that God is able to create miracles in my wife's body. I believe now that God is able to do whatever. Exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. It's not just, I, I hope He does. No, His Word says that I can believe it, I can speak it, I can release it, and I can walk in it. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly that all things are possible. But what if He doesn't, Brother Rodney? That's not, my, that's not my part. My part is to believe it. My part is to walk it out. My part is to release it. And, and, and it's God's part to do the other. And He'll do His part. Because everything He does for me is for my best interest. He's not looking, when I said a minute ago, COVID is not from Him. He's not looking for ways to get me. I lived in that lie for a long time. I lived in that lie. That God was going to get me. And God said, Rodney, I'm not out to get you. I just want to get you. And He didn't get me through sickness and through all of that. That's not what He done. That's not what He does. You being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Heavenly Father wants to give good gifts to His children. I never would give Katie COVID. I never would give Shane Boy COVID just to get them to love me. No. And you wouldn't either. And if we wouldn't do it being evil, how much more the Heavenly Father will not do it? He's not going to give you a disease to get you to turn. Boy, my, and it didn't, because I've said it many times. Oh, God laid him flat on his back to get him to look up. I've said it too. Before my mind was renewed, before I realized that that's not who my Heavenly Father is. When I begin to understand who He is. Now does He take bad situations and turn them good? Yeah. Ask Joseph. He does that. But He didn't cause that. 
hatred and jealousy didn't come from the Father into the lives of Joseph's brothers. That come from the enemy. But God took a bad situation and He's made it good. And He's going to make a breakthrough in this situation. It didn't come from Him, but He's going to use it to bring Him honor and glory. I don't understand why Satan can't figure that out. But everything he does, everything he screws up, always works against him. Because God takes the bad that he creates and he turns it to good to bring glory into his children's life. You believe that? So you live in your life as unto the Lord. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Now I want you to read it. I want to read it in the New Living Translation. I mean in the Passion. I read that this week and I, I loved it. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? What should be my proper response? I encourage you to surrender yourself to God to be His sacred living sacrifices. You know one thing I was thinking of this week? I don't know when the last time I've heard a message. I don't even know when the last time I preached on it. But the Bible says that you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Now that just kind of stirred in my spirit this week. You are not your own. When I read that, I encourage you to surrender yourself to God, to be His sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights Him. His heart. Not delights my heart. I was thinking about this week. You know, when, 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 God, when, God, allowed, when God allowed me to go out west and, and begin that ministry of out west, mainly in Wyoming, but then on the PBR trail and, and doing all of that. And, um, you know, I, it, what, what really started up, I was talking to Marcus and and him and Heidi are at home this morning. We pray for them, and they're good, but they were exposed um, to it, and they just wanted to protect uh, the children, so they didn't come this morning. But uh, Marcus was talking about that, and he said, you know, he said, I, and he was just, this is his story. I'm, I, I don't know a whole lot about this, but this is his, his story. He said, Brother, you know, Rodney said, when, when, when you started going out there, everybody just thought that you was leaving and going. You know, he said that was just. He said several people come to me and said, "You think you think he's going? You think he's going to leave? You think he's going? This is the beginning." He, he said, "He said all I told him was, he won't go anywhere until the Father tells him to." Now, my heart, my love, my desire would have loved to do that. I'd have loved to hooked up my trailer, put my few little bulls on there, and just go from city to city, bucking bulls and preaching the gospel. 
That would have been fun. Might have been broke, but no, I wouldn't have been broke either. Because if he'd have said it, he'd have supplied. Amen. So don't even go there. Don't, 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 don't limit his hand. But see, that wasn't he. And listen, listen, I'm not my own. I had to submit, somebody said. But I had to listen to what he said. He had a different plan. You're not going to buck bulls. We're going to build a coffee shop first. See, it's that submitting to his will. You can go do your thing. I could go do my thing. And I'm not saying God wouldn't bless it. But he wouldn't, it wouldn't be the best. Because I believe there's a permissible will of God. And then I believe there's a, the main thing. <laughs> the, bless, the, the ultimate. And I don't want to live in the permissible will. I don't want to just be, well, he's okay with me. No, I want the very best that he has for me. And whatever that looks like. Because I'm not my own. I have been bought with a price. And I'm not my own. And I can't do what I want to do all the time. There's sometimes that I do have to submit. And I have to walk out. And I have to do some things that he's called me to do. And it's amazing. I may be against him at the beginning, but once he calls me and once he says, right, and this is what we're going to do, once I get into that, boy, I feel great. Why? Because I'm walking in the center of God's will. I'm living my life as unto the Lord. Amen? And I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today to live your life. I don't know if you, as I was studying this week, I remembered the sermon on the three chairs. How many, how many has ever heard the sermon on the three chairs? I think it's Bruce Wilkerson that um, was the originator to come up with that. But a lot of people have preached it. I listened to um, Jensen Franklin this week a little bit preach on it. I listened to Leif. When Leif was here, Leif done the three chairs and um, done, a, done a series on the three chairs. And I went back and just listened to that. And, and, um, and, and the three chairs rec, um, are recognized, what they recognize in the three chairs are three words. And the first word is, is commitment. But the first word is commitment. Now, 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 all of us in here are in one of these chairs. You're either committed, or you're in the chair of compromise, or you're in the chair of conflict. And if you want to hear a great sermon on it, you can go to Jensen and listen to him, because Jensen done an awesome job. Leif does an awesome job. But as I listen, and I think about these chairs, I want you, and, and I can talk about inventory just a little bit, you can look at your own life, and I, and I want you to do that this morning. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your children. Look at you. Let's take inventory of our life. What, what's going on in here? Is my life as unto the Lord? Am I living my life as unto the Lord, or am I living it like Rodney wants to live it? So just think about it. Now, listen. The three chairs. Are you in the chair of the committed? Are you in the chair of compromise? The chair of committed is sold out to God. They're living their life. Compromise is, well, I'm on, I'm off, I'm on, I'm off, I'm on, I'm off, I'm not sure. Just, just compromise. You know the word. And then conflict is just, <clears throat> the, the chair of conflict is just dead against what, God, what God's about. That's the lost person. That's the person that doesn't care anything about God. They're lost. 
As old Bill Ashcraft would say, they're lost as a ball in high weeds. But there's three chairs, the committed chair or the compromise, the two I want to talk about in just a few seconds. Where are you this morning? What chair are you sitting in? Now listen, I love this because the Lord gave me this, this, this third point there. What chair are you in? The third point is, I'm not here to condemn, I'm here to challenge. And as I was sitting there last night, <clears throat> reading over everything and going back through, uh, that's when C come about. Because I'm not here to condemn you. I don't want you to sit here and condemn yourself. That's why you got to know the voice of the Father in here. You say, Brother, I always struggle with that. I struggle with the voice of hearing the voice of the Father. Well, let's start with this. Okay? Let's start with this. Let's see what He says here. And then, apply it. Because see, there's many voices out there. There's many people telling you what you're supposed to do. There's many preachers that are doing that. But you need to be able to hear for yourself. God called me to equip you to go out and equip them. God didn't call me to be your spoon feeder. And all you do is just come here and eat a little bit and do say what Jensen said, but you know, feed you and go on. No, that's not what God's called me to do. God's called me to equip you so you can go equip others. But what is God saying? So when I talk about this condemnation thing, don't condemn yourself. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to challenge you to live your life as unto the Lord. So what are you listening to? The Lord shared this with me this morning. Because I was, again, I'm just, I, go over, I go over my message. I, I preach to myself over and over until, until I preach it to you. And the Lord said, what does my word say? Rodney, what, and this is what he said this morning, what did I say to Peter when he denied me? When he cussed the girl out at the trash can, burning trash can, whatever it was, fire pit. When he cussed her out. When he turned his back on me and left. What did I say to him? See, if you want to know what God is saying, start with the Word of God. Read how Jesus... I was watching Mark Lowry this week. <clears throat> and Mark Lowry was talking about during COVID, he's had a good time to read what's in the red. He said, have y'all ever read what's in the red? <laughs> and Mark Lowry, believe me, he's read what's in the red, but he's... He's a prankster, jokester, whatever, but comedian. But uh, yeah, it's good to read what's in the red. And it's good to apply what's in the red to your life. Because when you walk in condemnation, the enemy begins to speak. And, you, and if you're not careful, if you don't recognize the voice of the Father, you'll start believing that garbage. And then you'll be put down. And you won't walk in victory. You won't have no hope, no faith whatsoever. Why? Because you're listening to the wrong voice. Peter done it all. Peter done it all. But when Jesus walks on the shore, He didn't bring up His past. He didn't bring up His failure. He didn't bring up why you turn your back on me. He didn't bring up why you cuss the girl out. Why did you say you, why did you lie and say you didn't know me? You walked with me through. He didn't do any of that. He said, Peter, do you love me? 
Feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, nothing's changed between me and you from my perspective. I still believe in you, Peter. And if you hear the voice of the Father, you won't have to worry about that condemning spirit because He don't condemn. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? You ought to be thankful for that this morning, Auburn Heights. Facebook, you ought to be thankful for that. That there's no condemnation to those who are, in Christ, who are new in Christ Jesus. My sins have been paid for. It's all washed away. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I hear His voice say, Yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you got pretty dogmatic on the second coming. You thought you knew it all. But I gave you one verse and it just wrecked your whole theology. <clears throat> yeah, you did. Somebody quoted it the other day. The wheat and the tares. You want us to pull up the tares? Nope. Leave the tares alone. When I get there, I'll collect them all at the same time. Because if you pull up the tares, you're going to mess up the wheat. And that's in context to the second coming. That's not grabbing it out of here and putting it over here. No, it's all right there when he's coming back. So that may wreck some of your theology. <laughs> but I can tell you, you ain't going to figure it out. Just live your life as unto the Lord. And when he gets back, you'll go with him. Whether it's before, after, in the middle, or on the very end, I don't know. I love what Vance Havner said, the great old preacher Vance Havner. He said, I'm a pan-millennialist, and that's what I am. It's going to all pan out. Amen? So let's close. Two minutes after, and the rain slowed down. See, God's always good. He's good. What's your life? Are you living it as unto the Lord? Have you committed? Are you in the chair of the committed? Sound like he wants the invitation to go a little longer. Praise team, come on. Are you in the chair of the committed? Are you still weighing this compromise thing out? Well, I'm pretty good on Sunday, Brother Rodney, but that Monday through Saturday, that, that just gets me. By Saturday, I didn't run out, and I'm, I'm, you know. What you listening to? See, there was a long time, there was a long time that I lived in fear of what God was going to say. I ain't always been a preacher. I know that shocked some of y'all. Willie laughed the hardest. Okay. But listen. I lived my life running from God. Why? Because I was scared of what God was going to say. What God was going to say about my sin. What God was going to say because He knows all about it. I don't know if you know that or not, but He knows. You can hide it from the preacher, but you can't hide it from the Father. But I lived my life in fear because I was afraid He was going to get me. When, when, when am I going to get some disease because of my sin? 
But boy, when I begin to understand truth, and when I begin to listen to what He said, because I'm going to tell you, when I went out west, that's when all that changed. Because I began to understand Him as Father, not as God sitting on the throne that's ready to zap me as soon as I mess up. And I begin to understand that. And it's changed my whole perspective. It's changed this church. It's changed you. It's changed you. Because you've got more grace now. Why? Because God's got more grace. And that's what He told me whenever I, whenever I, whenever I started. He said, you go be a true representation of me to those cowboys. You go be true a representation to me when you preach to those people in Wyoming. Well, what are you, God? He said, read the red. Read what I've done. You treat them people the way I treated them. Don't treat them like some whatever. Okay? You treat them like I treat them. You talk to them like I talk to them. You, you deal with them the way I dealt with Peter. You deal with them the way I dealt with the woman at the well. You deal with them the way I talked to the lady that was caught in adultery. You deal with them like that. And if you'll do that, you'll be a true representation of who I really am. In Auburn Heights, I challenge you. I don't condemn you this morning, but I challenge you to live your life as unto the Lord. And read the book. It's all in here. Some of it just fell out. It's all in here of how you do business in the kingdom and how you conduct yourself how you love people. Amen? Stand together. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I can't say that enough. I don't know why I thank you just in my heart all day today, but Lord, thank you. Thank you for showing us who you really are. Thank you for teaching me, God, about your amazing grace. God, I bless you for that. I bless you for that. I bless you. I bless you, Father. Lord, I pray everyone in this house this morning, Lord, will look at our lives because you tell us that. You tell us to look at our life. And Lord, it's okay. We need to take inventory of our life. Lord, I ask you every day, if there's anything in me that's not pleasing in your sight, Lord, show me. If I'm doing something, Lord, show me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. So Lord, I want to, I don't take inventory to condemn myself because that's not what you do. I take inventory because I want to walk in the center of God's will. And I want to walk in the center of your love. Because when I do that, Father, then I'm loved to somebody else. When somebody enters the coffee shop up there during the week, Lord, I can pour that love into them. Why? Because I've accepted your love. And Lord, your love is a part of me. And your grace is a part of me. So I'm able to give that out. Lord, when I was a condemner, Lord, and when I condemned myself, Lord, I condemned others. Lord, I thank you that you've changed my mind. You've renewed my mind on that. So I give you praise for that. And Lord, during this time of just self-examination and just looking at our lives, not in a condemning way, but I just want everything that you have for me, Father. Lord, during this song, I just pray that you would just speak to our hearts and speak to our spirits. Lord, if there's anybody here today, anybody watching by Facebook that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray they move from the conflict chair to the committed chair.
that they come to know You as Father, Papa. Lord, what a great, great decision that they can make today. So Father, have Your way during this time in Jesus' name.